Let me tell you today about Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, or you can record it on another device or platform and transfer it to Anchor. It will distribute your podcast for you through Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast right in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. No, Peggy. No. Iggy, stop. We're about to record. Here, get on the bed. Here we go. Welcome in, players, to the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. If you're looking for a fantasy baseball show that gives you laughs and good fantasy content, then, man, we're here to do it for you. D-Mendy here. I'm in your ear. Joined by my guy, Art Tornabeni, a.k.a. Little Cheesecake VLC. How's it hanging, man? I'm doing really well. Uh, had a had a good day today uh, uh, at work. And uh, the kids went to bed and they stayed in bed. So life is great when that happens for me. When the kids just like you put them to bed and they're not at the door five minutes later going, I got to use the potty. And you got to stand there and let them potty. None of that tonight. Life's good. Art, every time I talk to you, it makes me want to have a kid like a month pushed back. Because I'm like, I don't want the (laughs) excitement to be when the kids stay in bed. (laughs) But I get it. I get it. We also have... Annoyingly here, the doc, Eric Mendelson. How are we doing? You're annoying, big brother. No, it's you're you always annoyingly Chris Collinsworth slides your way in and <laughs> it just needs to be pointed out to everybody. I, I, I didn't I didn't this time, you weenie. <laughs> and then of course we always have a nice special guest. So joining us this week, he is a lead fantasy baseball analyst at Motor City Bengals, a graduate from the Oakland University, and a Palace of Pistons contributor. This man knows a good TV show when he sees one, as if you could tell from our back and forth about Schitt's Creek. The man with the faceless avatar. You know him. You love him. It's Marty Tallman. How's it going, man? Guys, it is great to be on the show. We are escaping the real world, the craziness, and we're just going to sit here be blissful and talk fantasy baseball. I'm excited. Yeah, Thanks yeah. for having me. Course, I'd like to say one thing, David. Wow, what an introduction for a guest! But you just poop on your own brother like that. That's how it wow. always is. Wow, you should know by now. <laughs> <laughs> but, I thought it was great. <laughs> I'm glad Marty can appreciate it. <laughs> but one thing that I it's interesting we were talking before we started recording that we all feel that it's it's really good we have our thing we do throughout the day but then when we come in we sit down in the evenings this is our happy place we have whether it's recording a podcast or just being on fantasy baseball twitter it's all our happy place we're talking about something we love to talk about and what brings us joy and what better way to do that than talking fantasy baseball right Exactly. Anytime you can just sit back, sit, sit around with a bunch of good guys and just be able to talk a sport that we don't have a lot of or 25% way through, but we can enjoy it, talk about it and just, yeah, escape, escape the real world. I like it. Right. And, and so before we dive into what we're talking about today, 
I want Marty, if, if you would be so kind to tell us a little bit about Motor City Bengals and what you're doing there. Sure. So yeah, Motor City Bengals is a fan-sided affiliate. We go over the Detroit Tigers, and you know it's been for us a really good beginning of the season. Um, we'll take anything we we can get so far as as wins go. But as far as what we're doing over here, it's um, led by Roger Castillo. He's amazing. He's the uh, the editor. He's the chief. Um, you know, we do different podcasts. We do uh, articles primarily on the Detroit Tigers. I come at it from strictly a fantasy, uh, fantasy perspective. So going over the good bats, uh, pitchers, our upcoming schedule, everything like that. So keep an eye out on Twitter for those updates. Um, but yeah, we're enjoying Tigers baseball for the first time in a long time. So it's good. Yeah, man. I actually I dove in a little bit. I love the piece you just came out with the 2000 All Tigers team. And just looking back at that list of seeing some names, the Carlos Guillens, the Maglio Ordonezes, Victor Martinez's of the world. Like I was like, oh, just just bring me all that nostalgia. I'm here for it, man. Like that. They had some good teams. Yeah. I mean, they had at the beginning of the uh, 2000s, they had a lot of bad teams. So then somehow transition into some of the best teams you're ever going to see assembled ever. Um, and definitely one of the most disappointing never to win a World Series. But, yeah, no, I appreciate it. That article was a lot of fun. I mean, I was going back to 2001, Roger Cedeno. He stole 55 bases. And I'm thinking, like, I mean, I was a little, kind of a little kid, but I'm like, wow, 55 bases? I don't remember that, you know. So that was cool. Carlos Guillen, underrated Tiger. I don't know. I'm a, you know, even when I, as I watched him, um, I didn't realize how good he was going 20 home runs, 20 stolen bases hitting close to 300. He was often injured, but, you know, that's going to happen. Um, but, yeah, that was a lot of fun doing that article. I appreciate it. Of course, man. Honorable mention to an OG Jeremy Bonderman. There, Bondo. D- there was one of the years where he was close to making it to the all-2000s fantasy baseball team, but um, luckily he didn't make it because, yeah, I don't know. I, we all soured on him in Detroit. <laughs> There's a lot of Tigers that I've just like you see those names and you're like, oh, man, like what happened to that guy? Because Bonderman, yeah, you were right. He was good for a little while. And then all of a sudden it just seemed like it just went wrong for him real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when he's your ace, it's um, <laughs> it's going to be a tough season for everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure there'll be some Detroit Tigers coming up in today's show. But let's hop right in with our news and notes. Biggest news is out of Cleveland, with first Zach Plesak deciding he wanted to go out with the boys in Chicago, but then Cleb Dog Mike Clevenger later finding out that he was with him, traveled on the team back in their charter, and then defended Zach Plesak in a team meeting. Both have since been placed on the restricted list, with them most likely missing their starts this week. Marty, what do you make of everything that went down in Cleveland? They're idiots. They are absolute idiots. They just saw what happened in Florida with the Marlins and the Cardinals. You know, we're at this time where, yeah, guys, you're going to have to literally just stay in your hotel. You're not allowed to do anything. And you get to make a good amount of money doing it. And we're going to take care of you the best we can. But what you can't do is go against against all the rules that are being placed and just do whatever you want. I get it. They're young and everything. But it's honestly, it's inexcusable. Yeah, Eric, you're... You love Mike Clevenger. You've been one of the I know on him for a long time. How do you feel about what he did? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really irresponsible. And I don't know if it's something with Cleveland pitchers that have an arm sleeve because him and Plesak both do. But 
It's just even more infuriating that he defended police act that they're ignorant about Carlos Carrasco's leukemia last year and Terry Francona, who's been in the hospital about six times since February. And Mike Levenger even had the cojones to tweet in his weird font. I knew all the rules, but the rules didn't know me. And it's like, come on, dude, like to stop being cliche, like you made a mistake. He he gave a scripted apology. Um, it, it's inexcusable. And he's old enough to know better. And there's not much else to be said. Art, is there anything you'd like to add? I I honestly can't come down too hard on Plesak and Clevenger. I kind of feel like if it wasn't these guys, it was going to be another guy. We had the Marlins. We had the Cardinals. Now it comes down onto like an individual level. We we have players who are now the face, individual players. Whereas like the Marlins, there was 18 or 19 of them. Cardinals, there's 13 of them. They went out as a team. They did stupid stuff as a team. But like, you know, these guys, we have to put this into context. Regular people are not social distancing. These guys were living with regular people until July. They were doing their mediocre social distancing up until july 1st or whenever summer camp started they were seeing their friends none of us are really following a really rigorous social distancing uh, uh, um, regimen which is part of the reason why we're in this problem then you take these guys who have been probably poorly social distancing and put them in this bubble it's an unnatural environment and it is it is typical of young men to think stupidly uh the fact that he got back on the plane, the fact that he tried to get away with it doesn't speak well to his character, especially after police that got caught. Uh, um, but it's like, all right, Clevenger and police act, you're the face of this now. Um, hopefully they remain it and there's not uh, a lot of people following them, but it was going to be somebody. That's the way I feel about it. One thing that came out actually was, I don't know if you guys heard what Adam Plutko said, where he basically, and I quote, they hurt us bad. They lied to us. They sat here in front of you guys and publicly said things that they didn't follow through on. When you have stuff coming publicly out from the locker room of guys that are pissed off, you have to really wonder the ramifications from this. And Eric, I think it was a good point you brought up about that you have a guy that had cancer. In their locker room, you also have a manager that's had a lot of health problems and has COVID right now, or I think he had COVID. Like, at the very least, before you go out, think in your mind, like, hey, I'm surrounded by two people at severe risk, people that I care about on my team. And that's that's what kind of burns it most for me is I just – that's, to me, if you know that there's two people at risk and you decide to do that. So I, I don't think we need to keep – beating this down much further. I, I want to give a bold prediction. I think Indians trade Mike Clevenger this offseason. All right. Uh, okay. That's that a flag. Bold. That's a flag. Writing that down. Uh, at what time, Mark? I'll say this. My <laughs> biggest takeaway from Art, your take, is um, you're going to be like the cool dad. You know, and like, <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, they were just 17. You know, they're 21. That's what's, you know, whatever. You know? Love it. We'll, we'll figure it out. Whatever, you know. <laughs> no, that was great. <laughs> they're going to be, yeah, our, the kids are going to be in for a treat when they're older and they can abuse you for that. No, nah, I'm, I'm tough on them. I'm tough on nah, them. I know, I know. We're kidding. I, um, I, uh, 
I'm a, I'm a big softy, actually. <laughs> uh, let's move to the next bit of news, big news. Ramon Laureano was in a pandemic brawl on Sunday. He's since been hit with a six-game suspension that has been appealed, while Alex Centron, as Eric and I remember him from growing up, said something about his mudda, is being suspended 20 games for his involvement. Eric, is this fair punishment all around? Uh, the Centron 5000, as we used to call him, I mean, 20 games seems accurate, but that's still 20 more games than all the Astros who cheated in the 2017 World Series. Shout out Rob Manfred. You are an awful commissioner for still not giving them any punishment. I think for Laureano, uh, you know, the way that appeals work is or suspensions work is usually appeal it and it comes down. So I think if it comes from six to three or four, because you can't charge, especially in this environment, and I think Ramon Laureano owned up to it. He realized he made a mistake. He said the reason why, and he's willing to accept his punishment. Art, anything you'd like to add to that? What does Alex Centrone know about Ramon Laureano's mom that he was able to get <laughs> under his skin so that, that, quickly? That's all Astros I want to know. Astros cheat. They have all this insider information. <laughs> Ramon Laureano... I know your mom we dated in high school. How about that? I don't know. I have no idea what he could know. Because Loriano was like, what? Sprint, I'm coming for you, buddy. If only we could <laughs> read what, lips, what right? What did he say? <laughs> uh, yeah, we need, we need to get John Boy reading those lips. We, he's the one who can read lips. Yeah. <laughs> breakdown. Marty, what are your thoughts on this whole situation? Yeah, you guys pretty much said it. I mean, you know. Because Centron, I mean, he's in a like he's in a leadership role, right? I mean, what is he doing up at the top of the dugout? You know, what are you even doing up there? Like, what are you what are you doing? Why are you yelling things at all? Like, what are you doing? So, twenty uh, games makes sense. Six games for Liriana, yeah, that makes sense to me too. I thought it was actually fair. I thought they actually did something right for the first time ever um, when it comes to this kind of stuff. And if it goes down even more, that's fine. Um, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal, but in this environment, you can't do that. Yeah, I feel like I just saw actually before we started recording that Joe Kelly got his uh, suspension reduced to five games. So I feel like that just means that they're going to reduce Loriano's as well. I could see it being like a three or four game. So I think that's fair. I don't think he'll I don't think he'd argue that he should get less than that. So you're right. Weird, weirdly handled well from baseball for once. It's um, it's a rare occurrence. So we all just need to just, you know, acknowledge it and appreciate it. Agreed. Next but bit don't of news. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. Next bit of news. Struggling pitchers Charlie Morton and Madison Bumgarner were both placed on the IL, with the former only expected to miss the minimum amount of time, according to Kevin Cash. Art, are you dropping both these guys? Are you holding on to one? What do you make of these struggling older aces? Um, I think Mad Bum is droppable. His performance, uh, he was just too poor to hold on to. Like, what are you holding on to? He comes back and is great. You lost out on it. Big whip. He was stinking. He didn't. There's no sign that he's going to come back and do well. Morton, I think, is too high of a draft pick to drop. It really depends on who else is on your IL if you have an IL, or or how many spots you're able to hold. Because I'm going to hold on to Morton as long as I possibly can. I was looking at the IL and like, there's maybe a couple guys who I value, who are on the IL now more than I value Charlie Morton. So I would hold on to Morton. You aren't worried about his decreased velocity? No, well, because 
you, well, for one, you have to hold on to him if you can because you drafted him to be a two or possibly a late ace for your staff. You wanted, you're holding on for the chance that he produces that, that, that draft level that you wanted to get from him uh, because he's been so good the last few years. So I think, I think you hold on to Morton. Um, and like I said, I'd have a hard time constructing a roster where there are two other people who are injured. If you have a two man IL that you would drop Morton and keep those two over him. Like I, I have a hard time on it. Marty, what are your thoughts on these struggling old races? Yeah, pretty much the exact same thing. Drop Bumgarner. I mean, he was on my do not draft list at the beginning of the year. I will get into him later in one of our segments mm. um velocity's down tease yeah, them. like the tease um yeah but velocity's down he just doesn't look right you know i've had the misfortune of watching some of these diamondback games and you know they just don't he, he doesn't look right when he's out there um and yeah keep morton i mean you know he could be a top 25 pitcher he's supposed to come back on the 20th i believe of august um if, if there are any setbacks i'd let him go you know because we just don't have time that's a good point. Um, he's a hold for now just because you're not – pitching is – if you're, like, in a 15-team league, forget about it. You're not letting them go. I mean, you're not going to have any good pitchers. I mean, there's no one out there right now that's coming up. Um, unless you guys know something I don't, I would hold <laughs> Eric, what about you? Yeah, pretty much to, to cover what they did. You know, David, I'm going to give you credit because – You've been saying from the beginning of the year that you think this is mad bum is done, and he honestly looks like it. I agree with Morton. I think you spent too high of a draft pick to cut bait with him. But I think if you're really struggling, if if you're a team that's at the bottom of the standings, I think you look to trade him because he's going to come back this year. And if you need wins, try to get some value out of him because his name alone should be able to get you know a decent player in return. Yeah, I think I'm in agreement with you guys. I, I, Mad Bum's like a, a rock in the ocean or like a brick in the ocean. I'm I'm letting him sink. I'm dropping him. I'm, <laughs> I'm not putting anything of mine attached with that more than you got to hold on to with the, the, with the minimal amount of pitching there is quality pitching. And, you know, it sounds like it's a minimal stint. So hold on to him. A couple other little bits of news here. Corey Seager and George Springer, both fight, fighting injuries. George Springer just returned back into the lineup today. We're happy to see that. Thursday's doubleheader between the Cardinals and Tigers has been postponed. So hopefully the Cardinals, they did test all negative today. So hopefully they are going to be playing soon. And Marcus Stroman has opted out of the season and he is notably a free agent after the year. So um, I don't know, Eric, if it was you or Brad, because I know Brad also runs the social media that made the good point to Casey Bubba about that. He basically was him to what's there for him to gain by coming back if he's not fully healthy and hurting his chance to make more money. Was that you? Yeah. Uh, and that was basically my thing. I think there was injuries about his torn calf or um, COVID related concerns, but I don't think he has anything to gain. I think if he rushes back from an injury, if he has one or two bad outings where he gets shelled for eight runs. That's really going to hurt his value in free agency. And the Mets aren't going to be a contender. It's an unsafe environment. You know, take care of yourself, hold out this season, and hopefully get a decent, you know, three, four-year deal in the offseason. Agreed. With that being said, do you like what you're hearing so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button wherever you find your podcasts. Want to hear more Triple Play? Great news for you. We have a fantasy football show that you can check out, also available anywhere you get your podcasts. 
you're enjoying the content, how about truly, truly being a big fan for us and leaving us a five-star rating and review? Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at TripPlayFantasy. Eric runs our social media, provides the occasional good question, annoying gif, and of course, <laughs> our weekly episode drop. Don't be that friend, not invited to the big party, but going as a courtesy invite because the friend actually invited felt bad you were left off the list. Be the friend on the list and listen to us now. Lastly, tell someone about us, maybe your neighbor who's picking up knitting during quarantine because they need excitement in their life. If they're knitting, they obviously need it. So put them on. Put us on for them. We want to keep you entertained. But it starts with you. Thank you, the loyal player, for your listens each and every week. Quarantine quarter season discussion. I love alliteration. I'm going to work it in any way I can. One season, or um, we're basically a quarter of the way into the season, and there's guys that are playing well, guys that are playing bad. There's guys that are playing bad that could rise, and there's guys that are playing well that could drop. We're here to tell you today who you should buy and who you should sell based off the starts they've had of this season. And we're going to jump right in talking about hitters. And these are hitters that have been scorching hot, that you are very interested if you can get them while they're basically their their name value might not be there yet and you think their breakout is for real, you are buying. So, Marty, you're the guest. I'm going to start with you. Who's someone that has a hot start that you're trying to buy? Um, Maybe I am not calling for a hot buy. Yeah, I'm not too sure what that was. Um, someone's <laughs> got to pick up their uh, their dial phone. But, um, yeah, so um, I'm not buying them because I already got them. But uh, Mike, yes, Tremsky. All right, he's batting 288. He has four home runs, one stolen base, and he's currently ranked second in runs. And runs for me has been something that I've been struggling with just across the board to, you know, stay within the top, you know, five, you know, in every roto category. Um, but I think he's for real. I mean, he's batting either leadoff or second for the Giants. I mean, it's a bad Giants team, but he's doing everything he can. You know, he's one of the few pro ball players on that team. So um, I like what I'm seeing there. He's 83 percentile, uh, percentile in ex-WOBA, 76 percentile uh, in his uh, barrel percentage. Hard, you know, really solid hard hit rate. So, you know, he's backed up by the, um, you know, by by the stats. Yeah, I, I'm buying him. That that's I had him on my list as well. Um, my my statistics for everybody are actually a day old. I apologize, but yeah, you hit it on the head. Uh, he's a 77% uh x slug, 83% woba, 76% hard rate, and he also has a 76% barrel percentage. But one of the things I also notice is his K percentage has dropped 6%, and his walk percentage is up 12%. So I I 100% with you on that. I think this breakout is real, hitting a top of a lineup that's produced a lot better this year than people thought. Um, Eric, who's your first hot buy? Uh, for me, it's Eddie Rosario, and it's somebody that I feel like has produced year in, year out. It just isn't doesn't get the the fame that he should uh, receive. The past three seasons, he's at 27, 24, and 32 home runs. Right now, he currently has six home runs with 16 RBIs, and he's batting only 226, but he's a career 279 hitter. So you figure he's going to heat up a little bit, and the Twins have one of the best offenses in baseball. So I don't think he's that popular name where – uh, that's going to carry his value, but I think if you can get some, or if you can get him cheap, and outfield is 
uh, you know, position sometimes where you need five people, um, I try and get him. We're putting the podcast on pause for a second. This is a live pause. Eric, what does a hot buy mean? Uh, he had a hot start and you want to buy him. Is 226 a hot start? Uh, no, but six home runs and 16 RBIs is. Mm. Oh, man. He just clapped back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I felt like no. he was saying to buy him low. That's I, what was I was going to comment about that, too. I was like, hot start at 220? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad but I'm yeah. not the only one. No, we're, we're, we're going to call everybody out as we need to see it. That's what we do here. That's fine. Art, who is someone that you're buying high on? Uh, Kyle Seeger is my buy high. Uh, Kyle yeah. Seeger has a, a raised exit, has a plus exit velo, has a plus hard hit percentage. He has elite X Woba, X batting average, X slugging, elite K percentage, elite whiff percentage. Right now, the guy's feasting on fastballs with a 364 average and a 705 slugging. He's, uh, he's getting all of his extra base hits on fastballs. So you think, well, wow, you know, what's going to happen? They'll just start throwing a steady diet of curveballs. Well, he is chasing less. His chase contact rate is up. His zone contact rate is way up. Um, and he's pulling the ball more. So he's really uh, uh, hitting the ball well, seeing the ball well right now. And uh, I love the start he's had so far. He's hitting like 310, 315. He's not hitting some incredible rate, but uh, he's putting together all the counting categories. I think Kyle Seeger is a guy who I look to continue. And he's been doing this also since last August. So he's a guy who I look to continue on this hot streak for the rest of the season. Well, Art, I really like that as well. And it's like I talked him up preseason and you took him the pick before me in our draft. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that tip. I'm glad I took him right before you were going to. Nice snipe. Uh, one guy that I have here, Jesus Aguilar. Hit, is hitting three. This is again. I'm sorry. When I when I wrote all my notes, this was going into Tuesday's games, so they're going to be a day dated. But at the time, he was hitting 306 with four homers and eight RBIs. He's literally at the top of every single 2020 percentile category. I'm not going to read off like woba, x woba, everything. He's just at the top of everything. One thing that I've noticed is his K percentage is at 12 percent right now. His career norm is usually between the 20s and 30s. So his K percentage is way down. His hard hit percentage is back up to what it was two years ago at 42%. Last year, it was at 38%. So the year he broke out, it was in the 40s. And then this year, it's back in the 40s. And his launch angle his launch angle and exit velocity are also career highs. And I also saw a GIF, and, I, and I, forgive me because I don't remember where I saw who put it up. I think it might have been Mike Curland, where his hand placement is different than it is last year. His hands are a little bit higher. So I think that combine everything that I'm, I'm saying that uh, kind of how he's been kind of changing his hitting approach and and how his numbers are kind of recreate what he did a few years ago I think this breakout this re-breakout is for real and I think Jesus Aguilar is someone I don't think necessarily is going to hit over 300 but I think he's someone that could give, be a respectable 260 hitter and give you a lot of homers so um, I, I like what I'm seeing from Jesus Aguilar waiting Eric I'm waiting for a clap back go ahead no, I'll, I'll be, I'll be, uh, you're you know, just I'll, waiting. I'll, yeah, I'll choose. I'll pick and choose when okay. I want to clap back. Okay. Let's move to the sell. We're moving to guys that have hot starts now that you're trying to sell. You're trying to, uh, do what it is in the, uh, the Eddie Murphy movie, the, uh, 
what's it called? Where you're trying to trade the stocks while they're hot. And I made a joke about this with Batflip. What was the show? It was, uh, or what was the movie? Uh, Marty, come, Marty, you, you know good I'm movies when. Coming to America? No, it's where they, he's like homeless, and then he switches places with the the rich guy. Trading, Trading places. Places, yeah. Yeah. Mm, yes. uh, with the uh, what's his name, Dan Aykroyd. Yes, where you're yeah. trying to sell the orange juice at its peak value. So I'm more of a daddy daycare kind of Eddie Murphy guy. So I, you know. I'm all that's a good movie too. I'm all for it. Anything <laughs> Eddie Murphy usually will sell me on. But um, Eric, I'll start with you for this one. Who's someone that you're trying to sell high? So for me, it's Donovan Solano, and I know he's scorching to begin the year. He's hitting 458, but he only has one home run, and out of his 27 hits. And he only has three walks. He's not somebody that really gets on base. He's having really good success uh, with contact and putting the ball in play. I'm not a huge fan of the Giants offense. I do think Mike Yastrzemski is real, but there's nobody else I'm really super high on. So I think this is probably going to be where his peak value is and see if you can get some return for him. Yeah, I have him on here as well. Great call, Eric. He's hitting, again, 458 with one homer, 15 RBIs, and a 476 on-base percentage. It's crazy that he's he's pretty much not walking like you said. And one of the things I noticed is he's a fairly average hard hit percentage, and his exit velocity is horrible with a terrible barrel percentage. He's in the 36th percentile. He's also striking out a third of the time on pitches that aren't the fastball. So I'm wondering, 33% strikeout percentage, if pitchers will see that, hey, he's having a little bit more trouble off-speed and they're going to catch up and maybe throw him a little bit more off speed. And and one thing that really struck out to me, he's a 520 BABIP. 520 BABIP. That's incredibly high. That needs to come down. That's going to come down. And, yeah, great great call, Eric. Art, who is your guy? Uh, it's a guy who I actually really like, um, but I feel like his start is, is, too, is too strong. I think it, my guy is Jacoby Jones. I really like Jacoby Jones' uh, actual talent. He has real power. Uh, you know, if you go onto YouTube and watch his home runs from last season, he's swinging Apo 20, 30 seats deep just with like an easy swing for him. The guy has real power, and he's smoking the ball right now. His hard hit rate is really high. Uh, his barrel rate is really high. He hit an inside the park two, last night or two nights ago, and that ball was smoked too. It was um, so like he's smoking fastballs right now. But this is a guy who, unlike Seeger, who I liked, um, who I liked before. I I feel like once they start him on a steady diet of breaking pitches, he's going to have to adjust. He, he's not as uh, as he doesn't have as good of an approach as Seeger does on those. So I think this is a guy who's been who's smoking a lot of fastballs, and uh, when the league starts to shoot him a heavy diet of breaking pitches, I think he's going to have trouble because he's having trouble with them right now. But uh, I really like his raw talents. Uh, I, I think he's a great athlete, and I can't wait to see what he does next season. But I think the league's going to catch up to him, and he's going to have to adjust. And I'm a Twins fan for those that you know are, are just starting to listen to the show. And Ron Gardenhire was the manager for the Twins forever. And I don't know if it's it's a mix of him being stubborn or he actually knows who Jacoby Jones is, but he consistently hits ninth. He's the only Tiger hitting over 300, and he's still hitting ninth. So you can either say is it him just saying he's having success there and and he's just not moving him out of there to keep the pressure down for him, 
or is it something he actually knows and is, is trying to keep him there for a reason to protect him? So interesting just thoughts there. One guy I have, Kyle Lewis. As of yesterday, he was hitting 373, four homers, 13 ribbies. He's not this good, guys. And I have him on my NFBC team, and I would love for him to keep and, and be wrong about this. I, he was what my one of my darlings at the end of the draft. He's got a 30% strikeout rate, which is not going to ever play. He also has a 512 Babbitt. So he's getting incredibly lucky when he's putting the balls into play that aren't homers. I think he's going to be a useful guy. I don't think he's this young next superstar that people are starting to tout him to be the face of Seattle. I don't necessarily want to go that far. Um, I, I, th- I see him as a useful player um, that helps some categories, but I don't think he's this young breakout player that right now he's being touted to be right now. Um, Marty, why don't you top us off here? The last guy that you're selling on. Yep. And I uh, just want to echo Art again. I mean, Jacoby Jones, I completely agree. As a Tigers fan, I've been watching him for forever. He's all the advanced stats, you know, they look good. Everything looks good. He's not good. There you go. He's a career 216 <laughs> hitter. That's the truth. That's so Jacoby Jones is not going to be batting 311 for too much longer. Um, but yeah, so any, anyway, um, hands are Alberto. And that's not because I don't love him, because I think it's really cool anytime an Oriole, you know, just comes out of nowhere and starts, you know, making people money, you know, who was like, who's this guy, you know, which they've been great the last few years. But, um, you know, just looking at his, you know, just kind of, he does not hit the ball hard. You know, he's in the 10 percentile of hard hit rate. I mean, he's literally just like, this has been an amazing stretch for him. I mean, he's been around for five seasons, you know, or something. I mean. What is he? Yeah, he's batting 333 right now with a stolen base. It's not going to last too much longer for him. If you can trick someone into thinking he's good, sell him right now. Like David, can, can I say one thing before we move to the next category? Go ahead. When we recorded two weeks ago and we said hot starts to sell, I said John Carlos Stanton because he was going to get injured in a few weeks. And what <laughs> happens? He has a hamstring strain. Telling you guys the guys made a glass. <laughs> Hopefully you sold him and got something because I wouldn't lie to you. I care about the listeners way too much. It's true. Then, did, it's am true. I crazy to say that you drafted him in one league because he fell so far? Uh, we did in our points mock uh, because I said I'm going to do something uncharacteristic. And he was there in like the 11th You're round. You're going against your own advice, you bad person. You're not following your words. That league is for money, so we don't care. (laughs) Stanton will forever be on my do not draft list. I don't even look at him. I don't even put him on to the – I take him off. You know your player list? I I specifically remove him. That's it. Preach, brother! You just move on. (laughs) You made a friend in Eric today. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, Let's move to our next category. Let's go to hitters now that have cold starts that you're trying to get every little part of, you're trying to get all those scraps, you're trying to get them while they're cold and bank on them getting hot later on this season. And I believe, Eric, you are going to start this one. Uh, I started last time, but I'll start again. No, 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 then never mind, you're last. <laughs> Art, I think you're starting this one. You're last in life. I uh, My guy who's starting off cold, who I want to buy everything, is my MVP selection, J.D. Martinez. 
He's seeing almost 60% fastballs right now, and he's hitting 158 on them. This is a guy who hit 318 on fastballs last season. This is a guy who usually feasts on fastball. There's no way this keeps up. He is, he's having a really rough start to this season, but he's going to pick it up. J.D. Martinez, uh, his zone contact is a little down. His line drives are up. His exit below is way down. This is a guy who's just – he's not yet – not yet locked in when he locks in you're going to get jd martinez again you're going to hit a guy who's uh who puts up mvp like statistics he's the guy who i'm targeting yeah just hit his first home run hopefully that could be the turnaround for him um while we're talking about mvp picks i'll bring up mine anthony rendon i thought he was going to be mvp of the american league partly because trout would miss enough time with his newborn where if the angels made the playoffs it was going to be off anthony rendon being there the whole season and he's hitting 143, two homers, six ribbies. All his 2020 percentile ranks suck right now. There's no sugarcoating it. He does have a 143 BABIP, so you would expect that to positively regress, or however you want to say it. I I think that is going to get a little closer, more towards a normal number. And he's also walking at a career-high 27% clip. So to me, that means that I think he's still seeing the ball really well. His launch angle is a little bit higher than his career norm. Um, but I also think there's this switching league effect, which it's very documented that hitters struggle initially when they switch leagues. And I think that at some point that is going to normalize. So if anybody is selling Anthony Rendon low, you know he's going to hit in that lineup consistently. You know he's hitting with Mike Trout, Albert Pujols, Tommy LaStella, David Fletcher is constantly getting on base. Try to see if you can get him low now because he is at some point going to drive in runs. So I would... Look at, and I think if I'm not mistaken, I think he homered in back-to-back days recently too. So, um, I would look at see if you can get him. Marty, who's your guy? Cody Bellinger. Speaking of MVPs like candidates, I mean, he's batting 167. He has two home runs. I mean, he's even openly said it. You know, he's making adjustments uh, to his swing right now. So he's kind of tweaking things. I don't know why. It looked great last year, but you know, he's tweaking things. He's working on the fly. Um, he's just not making solid contact at all. I mean, he's not. But silver lining here, guys, he has his lowest um, strikeout percentage of his career. You know, it's usually at 21 around there. It's at 14.3. So plate discipline's there. He just needs to work on and figure it out really quickly. Um, and I'd pick him up. And especially, I mean, someone might be panicking. You know, they're going to see that him and just say, oh, maybe it was a fluke. Just throw someone decent at him, someone that's overextending themselves, and just try it. I mean, the season's so short. Just go swing for the fences, literally. This MVP train, hopefully uh, we can buy them while that hopefully people are panicking. I think that's we're these are all guys that I think will turn it around for sure. Eric, are you riding the MVP train as well? No, because I feel like in a 60-game season, people are going to stick with their players. So we're going to leave you at the station. Unless okay. unless you're really prepared to give some value, people are going to stick by the picks they made. You know, you're you don't want to sell someone while their value is low if you spend an early draft pick on them. So with all that being said, my guy's Eduardo Escobar. Right now he's hitting 169 with one homer and seven RBIs. But last year he had 118 RBIs. Um, he's hit safely in four of out of his last five games, and he's a good offense. Cattell Marte, Starling Marte. Um, Christian Walker, David Peralta, and not not many great pitchers in that division. They're going to play some games in Colorado that are high scoring. So 
Um, multi-position eligibility too plays third and second base. So I think somebody that you should try to scoop for on the low that doesn't have the MVP name. No, I like that you brought that in there. One guy that's not an MVP that has a little bit more name recognition. I'm interested to hear how your guys' thoughts are. Glaber Torres, who is hitting 157 with one homer and two RBIs. Everybody talked about how he had 13 of his 38 homers against the O's last year, 25 the entire rest of the season, and that his splits versus everybody else were kind of average. He's Right now he's not barreling balls up. His launch ankle, exit velo, hardy percentage are all in line with his career norms, but he's only barreled one ball this season. So I'm interested, just kind of open floor here. Are you guys scared about Claybert Torres at all? I I I would be. I I had the same concerns about uh, his his domination, his his stat padding against the Orioles as a lot of people. I think that this is, you know, maybe this is a guy who's who who uh, who's very streaky. Maybe this is a guy who who has some sort of you know tinkering or some sort of a mental aspect where he can't he's not consistent but it seems to me like he can go through these stretches where he dominates one team and the rest of the league he's just mediocre against and now you're just seeing a stretch where he's cold for a long period of time maybe that's that's the type of frustration you're going to be getting with a glaber tour someone who's like running your team to 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 a great season uh, certain parts of the season the other parts you're like oh my god i could just pick someone off the waiver wire who'll do better than this guy yeah, great point. Let's let's move to the hitters worth cold starts that we're going to sell here. And I'm going to lead this off with somebody that I need someone to to get me out of this disease, this Reese Hoskins disease. Like, please just cut the <laughs> cut, cut the cord because I drafted him this year, not everywhere, but I drafted him thinking, OK, he's being slept on a little bit. He's got power and he's one of the last first basemen in that tier where you could feel comfortable playing him. And and he is right now the most frustrating player if you should cut or not based off of his name. He is hitting 188 with zero homers and one RBI. This dude does not swing the bat. His swing percentage is 5% lower than his career norm. And he's hit, he's barreled just one ball this entire season. And the thing I found on him that I was very interested to find is he's like most major leaguers seeing mostly fastballs. He's hitting 150 against fastballs. He's hitting almost 300 against breaking pitches, but he's hitting 150 against fastballs. And if you can't hit fastballs in the major leagues, you are in trouble. It's when you can't hit the off-speed stuff that it's like, okay, it's understandable. If you can't hit a fastball, that's prob- that's a, that's troubling to me. And they have some prospects coming up. They, I know um, they have uh, – I mean, Spencer Howard came up for pitching. They have uh, Alec Baum and – or Bohm, sorry, Ellen Adair, Alec Bohm. And to me, it, this guy does not seem like a long-term piece for Philadelphia. And I am this close to cutting the cord with this dude. I don't know if, anybody, if any of you guys drafted him anywhere, but he is so incredibly frustrating. I am done with him. I, I think another few days of him doing this, I'm probably dropping him. Yeah, he was on my. Oh, uh, yeah, he was on my. Um, like my last. He was my last first baseman that I felt comfortable with going into the season. I was more optimistic than others. You know, I thought he was going to be able to get his, you know, batting average around 250, you know, 260 somewhere where it's not killing you. You know, get a solid home runs. Uh, If you're in an OBP league, points league, you know, the walks are going to help. Um, but yeah, from what he's done this year, he was one of those guys that I would have gotten, but it just didn't work out that way. And I'm so happy. 
yeah. He, he definitely he I mean he's not swinging the bat a lot, but he does get on base. I mean his, his average is up to two eleven, so at least he's above the Mendoza line, and he has five runs in his past three games. So he has good protection behind him as long as he gets on base. Um, I mean he's that's certainly not the value you got him for, but he's not getting you a lot of negatives in points leagues. I guess it's the one silver lining about it, but let's move to next time. Marty, who is your guy that you're just cutting bait with? Gary Sanchez. Go find yourself a Yankee lover and just go sell him. I mean, he's literally striking out 49% of the time. That's insane. 49%? 49%. That's, I'm not great at math, but that's almost half. But he's batting, he has a 93 average. I mean, from what I'm looking at, I'm just like, I don't even know how that's possible. He was on my do not draft list anyway, again, because I don't, I, this is just my philosophy. I don't go high on catcher. I just won't. I'll just take whomever. I have Austin Romine as my second catcher in a 15 team league. And he's batting like 300 because who knows what can happen with catcher. So I don't even, I don't mess with it. So if you can, if you could sell him, get rid of him. Plus he's injury prone. He's a Yankee. Just get rid of him. Okay. I'm done. (laughs) He's kind of fat. Fat. Not that we're shaming, but I mean, it, yeah. if you're playing catcher, that's not a good place to be. Agreed. Eric, who's your guy? So for me, I made this yesterday, and he's actually kind of been on a tear. But for me, it's Trey Turner, and I say that because maybe you can get some value for him if if you're, you know, uh, in a league with a Nats lover. Um, he has three home runs and six RBIs, but he has zero stolen bases. And in a points league, he's not doing that well. And I think in a roto league, you picked him pretty high because of that stolen base upside. He doesn't walk a lot. He's hitting 255. I don't think the Nats offense is that potent. I think it's gotten better with Soto there. But besides him, there's not many people I fear in that. I think they have a lot of veterans on that team. I don't think there's a lot of pop in that offense. So I don't see him scoring a lot of runs. And if he's not stealing bases... I don't think he's worth that second round pick. No, that's a good point. All right, let's quickly finish this up here and let's move on to pitchers. Who's your guy? Pete Alonzo is my guy. Uh, I I was not a huge fan of Big Pete, the polar bear, coming into the season. I thought uh, he was a, one of the main persons who benefited from the uh, from the uh, uh, jumbo power Juice ball. ball. That- Juice ball that uh, was played with last year, um, and this year you're just seeing uh, some some uh, some variations. His barrel rate's way down. His launch angle is way down. His hard hit rate and his exit velo are down. He's getting much less solid contact. So we've been talking about guys who are doing well on fastballs or not doing well on fastballs, but doing well on breaking balls. How about a guy who's doing poorly on fastballs and poorly on breaking balls? <laughs> Well, Pete Alonso is hitting 160 off breaking balls and 194 off fastballs. Now, I expect him to start to do better off fastballs. He had close to 300 off fastballs last season. But I think the fact that you're looking at a really reduced launch angle for some reason and his uh, his zone contact rate is way down. You're looking at a guy who's possibly settling into what he's going to be. And I'm afraid that, like, is he, is he Rob Deere? Is he Gorman Thomas? Is he, uh, is you know, could he work up his walk rate to be a really, really valuable three true outcome guy? I don't know. I think you're looking at a guy who's who's going to show some inconsistency in his career. 
No, that's a fair point. I think he was one of the names most talked about this offseason as guys that are their name has bumped them up so incredibly high. And with the amount of homers he was giving, you could just get that value with someone like Matt Olson later on and not spend the capital. So for those that took that advice from various podcasts, good for you. Let's move to pitching. And now these guys that are scorching hot that you are all in on, Marty, start us off right. I'm going to have to go with Dylan Bundy. Oh, my gosh. Yep. <laughs> Dylan Bundy, baby. 1.57 ERA, uh, 0.63 whip. He's second in Ks with 35 of them. He's eighth in the ERA overall. You know, he's looked really good. Career high in K percentage, uh, 31.3 versus career average of 23.2. He's just, I, I was kind of just, I was doubting him before this. I was like, I don't think he's going to be good. He's Dylan Bundy. Move on. But he has proven me wrong. He actually, to be honest, he actually started on someone I was going to sell. But then I look, I'm looking through the stats. I'm like, actually, you know what? I would actually buy this guy. So, yeah, Dylan Bundy, for sure. Eric, since I know that was your guy as well, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I mean, Marty Marty got a lot of the points, and I'd like to pat myself on the back because I was very high on him. All right, next, um, Art, go ahead. <laughs> he, has, he has 35 Ks and only three walks in, a sh- in uh, just barely under 30 innings. Um, he's attacking the strike zone. His outing yesterday, he had 16 swinging strikes. The outing before that, 17. I think just being a pitcher that leaves Baltimore, they all do well. So it was bound to happen with him. Facts. Now, Art, I was looking into guy? his. Oh, sorry. I was no, no, go ahead, Mark, go ahead. him. I was looking into it like his pitch mix. He's throwing his four seam 32.4% of the time and a slider 29.3% of the time. That's almost equal. I mean, that's you don't see that too often. So it's pretty cool what he's doing. I, I do also want to add. Alex Fast is a, as big a Orioles guy as I know, and he's as big a Don Bundy guy as I know. And they had been saying over at Pitcherless for a long time, up his slider usage, decrease the fastball, watch the results happen. Sure enough, the Angels fig- smartly did that, and look what's happening. So interesting to see that. But Art, who's your guy? Carlos Carrasco. Yeah, I, I'm loving Carlos Carrasco this year. This is, I mean, I was watching him before we started recording tonight. He's pitching against the Cubs. This guy is the biggest bulldog on the mound you're ever going to find. He does not give in. Uh, You know, two balls, three balls. He's going to throw, try to throw a good pitch. He's not going to give you something to hit. I love that. He's got three quality starts in his first three. Right now, he's in the fifth inning. He's given up three runs. He might not get another quality start tonight. But the Cubs have been really, really Give, have a good approach at the plate lately. They're giving everybody a tough time, but Carrasco is really being a bulldog. I love, I love watching him pitch. His slider is performing, and his changeup is performing. When Carrasco's right, his slider and his changeup are performing. There's lots of movement on those pitches, and uh, and uh, people are not hitting them. Uh, now, there's some things you could look. There's a zone contact a little up against him. Uh, so he's given up a little bit more contact than he has been. Um, but you, if you look at the spray where he's, he's directing the ball, it's, he, he was doing, getting pulled a lot more last year. And now he's back to where he was when he was having his best season where people are hitting it mostly uh, to center field up the middle with him. Um, so I think, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's pitching very well and he's pitching like, he he did a few years ago when he was when he was healthy, and I couldn't root for the guy anymore. Um, I, I'm loving what Carrasco is bringing. I think he's going to have a great season. 
No, and it's very nice to see that from a guy that was struggling coming back from cancer last year. So I think we're all really happy to see that. My guy, Nasty Nelson. Little old Nelson Lamette. 2-0 and with a 1-6-1 ERA in four games, 28 Ks in 22 innings. He is getting hit hard with a 45% hit percentage, but that was about the only negative thing I could see about him right now because he's throwing his slider 51% of the time, and hitters are hitting a combined 118 against it with a 48% whiff percentage. The thing that I found that was really cool about him is he threw his slider 150 times total last season. That's over 1,200 pitches he threw 150 times. This year, he's already thrown it 173 times in 338 pitches. So he's already eclipsed the amount he's threw his slider in about a quarter of the amount of pitches. So to me, either as someone in the organization or himself, figure out, hey, my slider is a really good pitch. I'm going to decrease the usage of my fastball, and I'm going to make my slider the pitch I throw the most. And he's going through a Patrick Corbin to me, a Patrick Corbin-like transformation where you're relying heavily on the slider. And look what that did for Corbin's career. And I think Lamette is the real deal. I think this guy, I'm not saying he's going to be a a top 10 pitcher, but he's the real deal in my eyes. This is a dude that literally underwent a transformation with his pitch mix. And that slider is is unreal. So if you're able to buy Tin Helson Lamette, go get him. Um, let's move to the other side of the coin real quick, and let's we'll try to do this a little quicker because I want to get through these. So, Eric, lead us off. Who are you selling? For me, it's Dallas Keuchel. Um, he's not a strikeout pitcher, more of a ground ball. He's only had more than four strikeouts in one out of his four starts. He's going to face some good teams. He's going to have to face the Twins, Indians. Reds, Cardinals, whenever they come back, Brewers. Um, right now he has a 3.04 ERA, but I look at his last couple of years where he's had a 3.75 and a 3.74 ERA. I think that's where he's going to float more towards as the season progresses. Um, I think his days of being dominant are over, and I think he's the type of guy that is prone to bad outings where he could blow up for seven earned runs. So he's been good so far. Get some value for him while you can. Art, who's your guy? I'm I'm torn. Uh, so I'm going to say one guy, and if the other guy doesn't get said, said I'm going to bring him up at the end. I'm going to start saying uh, I I cannot buy Herman Marquez's uh, hot start. Um, he's had three games on the road so far. The only team he's seen at Coors is the Giants. I where's the proof that he could pitch at Coors? Where's the proof that this guy isn't just a road pitcher? Uh, he's pitching really well on the road. He's striking out guys, not giving up a lot of earned runs. Speak to me when he pitches against the Dodgers and Coors. Are you going to put him out there? I'm not doing it. Herman Marquez is my guy. Art, I'm struggling if I want to attack someone from my own team or someone from your team. <laughs> and I'm going to probably attack my team. Randy Dobnak. He's 3-1 and one with a .9 ERA, 11 Ks in 20 innings. He's going the secondary stuff approach as well. His fastball usage is actually at 5%. He goes 46% sinker as his main pitch. His ex-ERA, which for those that aren't sure, that's his expected ERA. So keep in mind, his ERA right now is .9. His expected ERA is actually 4.28, so it's almost four runs higher. His XBA is 282, and he is a x slug of 417 so any of those numbers do not line up right now with what he's doing i love that he used to be an uber driver and he's on my favorite team but he does not stack well on any of the percentile rankings on uh, baseball savant 
he's you just got to if you're riding the hot hand, it's going to end soon. If you're able to get anything decent for him, I would do that right now. Marty, finish this off. Yes, sir. So uh, Sunny Gray. Ooh. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're getting big time here. Okay. Go ahead. You got you got our attention. Yep. Sonny Gray, I'm not buying. He's not a top 15 pitcher. He's had an easy schedule thus far. All right, he's played. He's gone against the Tigers. They're 16th in runs. The Cubs, 19th in runs. And the Indians and Brewers are 24th in runs total. Now, you may be like, well, maybe some of those teams didn't play because of COVID reasons. The only team that really faced the biggest setback was the Tigers. They missed four games, but they're actually ranked 16th in runs. Now, strikeouts, the Tigers are ranked 11th. Cubs, 21st. So the Cubs don't strike out too much. Indians sixth and the Brewers ninth. So three of the four teams he's faced are top, like basically top ten in strikeouts. So moving forward, he's got, he has the Cardinals who are going to be improved if they ever play again. Assuming, um, I believe the Cubs are going to get even better. Um, that he's going to be playing the rest of the Central, and he's not going to be able to hold this top fifteen pitcher. If you can sell him as if he is a Max Scherzer or whatever people might think he is, do it right now. Hmm, that's interesting. I it I have him on my NFBC team, and he did start out the year really hot. He has come back to earth a little bit, so I I, I might be drinking the coffee that you're drinking. Yeah, who do you, who would he give up? I think four runs, and they pulled him last game. His last two starts have been rocky. This his his previous his last start was okay, and then the start before that, I think he gave up like yeah like five runs, and he got pulled. So, but the both his last two outings have been pretty rocky. Mm-hmm. Um, or was there? Who are you dying to to bring up? It was it was Randy Dobnik. Uh, okay. I was like, someone <laughs> someone should I should let someone else do that. I, I want to make sure Herman Marquez gets said as well. I figured Randy Dobnik was going to get said. <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> he he deserves to be in there. <laughs> I have to also before we move to the last category, shit on your guy Alec Mills or poop on your guy. Sorry, <laughs> poop on your guy Alec Mills. He's a uh. Just really quick, his strikeout rate's at 14%, and his ERA has almost doubled his regular. The thing that stood out is his zone contact percentage is 87%, so people are putting the bat on the ball against him, and I just wonder if he's going to regress as well, someone that typically hasn't been anybody special his whole career. Um, And seven strikeouts in 13 innings is never good. Right. Okay. I mean, well, well, the Cubs' defense is really playing well right now. I think... I think um, having guys who pitch to contact, as long as they induce weak contact, is good for the Cubs. Um, but you have to be really good. I mean, Hendricks is really good, and he can mm. do it. And if Mills is Hendricks, we're not going to believe it until he's done it for two seasons anyways. So, uh, you know, and I have a hard time believing that he's Hendricks. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Let's do both of the last two in one. So, are pitchers that have cold starts, who are you buying and who are you selling? Uh, I'm buying Jose uh, Barrios. Uh, his fastball is currently it's just getting crushed, and his uh, changeup's not performing up to its normal standards. But uh, there's no sign of injury. There's no sign that he won't write the ship. Basically, uh, um, I you know this is a guy who's been a consistently good pitcher for years uh unless he's injured and i i can see no no sign that he's injured unless he is i fully expect jose barrios to come back and start to pitch as well as you expected when you drafted him the guy who so the guy who (laughs) the guy who i'm worried about 
And is Blake Snell? Why is Blake Snell pitching three innings? Why is he? Why is he not? Uh, you know, extended a little bit more than that. Um, guys are hitting him harder. Exit Velo is way up. He's he's uh he's getting barreled more, and he's and he's throwing a lot more four seamers, and people are hitting the four seamer pretty well. Um, he's not throwing as many changeups as well. That was a, a a pitch that was a really good weapon against right-handed batters. He's losing a lot of that changeup and throwing a lot more four seamers, which are getting hit. I don't I don't know uh, why he's doing that. It seems to be a bad approach for him this season. And but the biggest thing for Snell for me is he's just not throwing any innings. He's thrown I, I think under ten innings in three starts. So, you know, what are you really getting for him? I think I would hope that someone would believe that he would start to throw more later and try to use him as a really nice pot sweetener on a deal. I like that. And the name can definitely carry value. The real for that. question, does he still say bro every other word? That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what the yeah. fans want to know. I'm sure he does. Yeah. <laughs> Marty, who's your two guys? Yeah, so um, to who I'm buying, I want Max Scherzer. And now he's not doing bad. You know, he's he's pitched pretty well. You know, he's on you know, he's been solid, but there are nervous owners out there who saw him go down with the hamstring thing and they were panicking. I saw Twitter, you know, I talked to people in my leagues, talked to people around the industry, and there was like, Oh no, here it is, you know, sky's falling. So what does he do? He's Max Scherzer. He comes back, pitches hundred and five pitches, and he wins the game. So if there's someone out there still thinking, I don't know, make sure they're scared, uh, go for him. I'm buying them. Um, and then <laughs> this is Madison, uh, Madison Bumgarner. Obviously, I'm selling him. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yeah, velocity is really down, like we said. His ERA out of, um, you know, whatever they're calling San Francisco's park this year was like 5.40 last year. You know, he just outside of San Francisco, he doesn't pitch well. He just doesn't. He goes into Arizona, and I cannot – like, Arizona's really bad. Like, I thought they were going to be pretty solid, and they just have been, been flat. Um, he was on my do-not-draft list. This is why. I think he actually might be done. Like, done, done. Done, done, done. Done, done. <laughs> Eric, I don't know how you follow that. Go ahead. Who's your guys? All right, so my slow start that I'm selling to have a little bit of banter is Max Scherzer. I, I I thought that this might be the year he slows down a little bit. Um, I he he already hurt his hamstring and he's a little bit of an older. You're the guy. Six. You're the guy. You're the guy I'm going after. You're him. He's, he's right now. He has a 2.75 ERA, but he has a 1.32 WHIP, and he's very reliant on strikes on strikeouts. So he has a game. He had a game, or he had two games with 11 and 10. But he's also going to serve up a lot of home runs. And if there's any decrease in velocity in his fastball, I think he's going to get even, hit even harder, which typically as Max Scherzer goes through the season, he tails off in the summer months. Um, obviously, in a shortened season, we might not see that regression. But coming from a Nats fan that's watched him over the years, I can definitely see a decline in his game. And for who I'm buying, it's my guy Walker Bueller. I know he has a 4.4 ERA, but he has a 1.05 whip. He hasn't allowed more than three earned runs in any of his outings. Just like last year, I think the Dodgers are letting him build up his arm a little bit because they want to save him for the postseason. Uh, he hasn't had a lot of strikeouts, but 
We've seen his ceiling last year where he can get 15, 16 Ks in a game. And he plays in a good offense. If he goes five innings, five, six innings a lot of games, hopefully he should be in line for a win because Dodgers have a good bullpen as well. That's a fair point for someone that doesn't like talking about aces you just did. Yeah. All right, well, great discussion, guys. Uh, I Hopefully, I think a lot of people hopefully can either steal a trade by getting a guy at their low value or sell a guy at their high value and help win their league. So awesome stuff. Let's move to our question of the week. Our question this week, which pitcher currently in the big leagues, if you got 10 at-bats against, do you think you could get one hit? It's a very interesting question. I hunch where people might go with this one. So, Marty, why don't you kick us off? Absolutely. First off, this is a great question. You know, um, But, yeah, I'm looking at and who I believe I would truly get a hit. That is if he doesn't walk me. Matt, <laughs> Matt Shoemaker. Right? Okay. Okay. So and here's the here's the reason why Matt Shoemaker is about two or three years older than me. I'm not exactly sure, but him and I went to the same latchkey. This is a true story. So we were about I think I was in um, like first grade or second grade, and he was like in like third or fourth grade. So you know he seems like he's this big, huge dude, and he can throw a um, a dodgeball fast even at that age. He was the kid like, you know, when you're like young and you see the big kid with the dodgeball, that was yeah. Matt Shoemaker. Yeah. <laughs> one one time, one time he threw it. He's about eight feet away from me. He threw it and I caught it. So Damn. wow. Unless unless I've completely ran out of all my, you know, supernatural strengths and abilities and nothing good like that's ever gonna happen again. I believe I could dominate him one more time. Yeah, I was going to say, you have like a secret power that you can uh, get the best of Matt Shoemaker. <laughs> yes. I love that. Oh, that's an awesome story. Yeah. Does he, does he uh, wait, so you guys, do you guys like go through all schooling together? No, no, he left like shortly after that. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Uh, Eric, who's your guy? All right, so I was going to say Madison Baumgartner, but we've, We've pooped on him enough this show, so <laughs> I'll, I'll go with someone else. And if he didn't want – I could say Craig Kimball because he's been awful. Dave, I'm going to go with your guy, Wade Davis. Wade Davis <laughs> is just awful at this point. We'd be playing in Colorado, so maybe the, bar, the ball travels a little bit further. I can squeeze a bloop into the outfield. But Wade Davis, velocity is down, uh, throws mainly fastballs. I just feel like – you know, he he sucks at closing the game anyway. Let me come up as a pinch hitter and maybe, you know, hit a bloop single in center field. Interesting. He still throws fast, though. You'd have to catch up with, like, 94. Uh, you know, that's why we got 10 at-bats, you know. At around five, five or six, I, I kind of see where we're going to go. You would just swing early and hope you make contact. Exactly. Chuck and pray, baby. All right, Art. So I did some research. I was trying to find possibly the worst pitcher in baseball. And I, <laughs> I, did, I did come across somebody who I thought would give me a good chance. Uh, Miguel Del Pozo is a Pirates reliever. He's a lefty. His four-seamer is 93. It's not insanely fast. He throws a curve, 82, barely throws a changeup. So he's a two-pitch pitcher. I feel like that gives me a better chance to know what's coming. 
uh, zone contact rate against him is close to 90%. And his zone rate is is 40%. So you can really, I feel, against Miguel Del Pozo, you know, sit back and wait for your pitch because he's going to have to come into you because he can't throw strikes. Average exit velocity off of Miguel Del Pozo is 98 miles an hour. <laughs> this is the guy you want to be up on the, at the plate against. 27% of hit balls against him were barreled. 27%. If you're a hitter and you barrel 27%, you're having like an 1887 MVP season where you hit like 459 or something like that. Um, and the expected batting average against him is 495. Miguel Del Pozo, Pittsburgh Pirates bullpen. Bring it on. Ten at-bats. I think I can get two hits against him. Oh, Art, great research. Too. Great research. Yeah, I'm giving you a clap, man. That was yeah, great. Yeah, that, that was, was way great. first. That was great. <laughs> that was great, yeah. Uh, I have to follow that. So I'm going to not lie to you guys. I did all this prepping in my script, and I didn't even put my answer for this question. <laughs> so thinking about it on the fly, if you ask me who I would – get a walk against Shohei Otani no question <laughs> if you asked which big name pitcher I might be able to hit against as everybody's hitting against Matthew Boyd right now so that would obviously not be me but if I was going to settle on somebody oh we should have said Wade Miley Wade Miley's awful well that's <laughs> funny because that's actually who I was about to say <laughs> <laughs> great minds think alike Wade Miley who last year Looked great with Houston, and all of a sudden showed us who he truly was at the end of the last year, where he could not oh, get a God. single out. What was that outing against Houston, where he pitched like point one innings and had like eight earned runs or something oh, like God, that? Awful. He's he was to me to watch. To me, when he does not have it, he must be the easiest actual like qualified pitcher to hit against. Because when he looks bad, I can't remember anybody looking that bad as he does, and it's been consistently bad over like multiple starts. So Wade Miley is most likely my answer, even though I'm sure I would strike out 10 times, but maybe I would just close my eyes and hit and swing it to one. You never no, know. we don't give Wade Miley compliments on this show. True. But if he listens, I doubt it. <laughs> and building off that, for all you kids listening at home, uh, Wade Miley has been in Major League Baseball for nearly 10 years, and he has a 4.25 ERA. So... You just got to be kind of decent. Just be here and be decent, and you're going to last a while. Now, obviously, it's easier said than done, but I can't believe he's – he's like, to me, like, you know when you, like, turn on wrestling, and you're like, wow, he still wrestles? Man, I can't <laughs> believe that. That's what I see when I see Wade Miley. I'm like, I can't believe he's still here. They're still letting him do this. So. He's the pitcher that just never goes away. He's always there. Let's move to our last segment, Game of the Week. Eric. What are we playing? All right. So this game is called More Than. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to name uh, a player that won an award last year. And I'm going to give you a, a stat of theirs. And I'm going to say how many players had more of that stat. And what we're going to do is we're going to take turns. If you, get, if you give an answer that's wrong or you repeat an answer, you're out. And the last one winning is going to get a point. And we're going to do three rounds, and then if there's a tie, I have some bonus questions, okay? All right. Let's so the order, the order is going to be Marty, David, and then Art. So the first stat, there were 17 pitchers 
that had more wins than Jacob deGrom last year who won the Cy Young. Jacob deGrom had 11 wins. So, Marty, I'm going to start off with you. Who is a pitcher that had more than 11 wins in the NL? In the National League? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give you guys about 10 seconds for each answer. Justin Verlander. Uh, for the National League. Oh, okay. Oh, man. Uh, Scherzer. Uh, Max Scherzer is wrong. He did not have more than 11 wins. Thank mm. God Marty went first. That was going to be my answer. <laughs> okay, David. Mike Soroka. Mike Soroka had 13. Art. Steven Strasburg. Steven Strasburg led the NL with 18. We're going to go back to David. So there's 17 total? Yes. Okay. Walker Bueller. Walker Bueller had 14. We're going back to Art. Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray is not on the list. So uh. David... So David wins this round. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Y'all can't let David win, please. <laughs> All right. This is from Stump the Schwab, isn't it? That's why you cheated. It okay. It yeah. I, I like this format. Okay. It is. So David, next one, we're starting with you. Name the 12, one of the 12 people that had more hits than Cody Bellinger, the National League MVP. He had 170 hits. This is across both leagues? No, this is just in the NL. 12 players that had more than Bellinger? Yes. Ronald Acuna. Ronald Acuna had 175. Art. Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman is not on the list. Marty. Bye-bye, Art. Yelich. Christian Yelich is not on the list either. Oh, my God. I'm going to give you guys some names of players on here. Ozzy Albies led with 189. Cattell Marte, 187. Nolan Arenado. Charlie Blackman. Oh, uh, sorry, Art. All right. Freddie Freeman was in there. I'm so sorry about that. Oh, my God. So we're going you... to go back to David. I'm sorry. I apologize. Wow. Double check on Yelich then. Triple check just to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pencil them you, in there. Jesus. You bad host. I no, I honestly my my handwriting's so bad. I was like uh Did you right. are you checking to make sure Yelich is not I am. It? I am. Oh my god. <laughs> no, he had one hundred sixty one. So back to me? Yeah. Uh, I'll go with Tri. No, no, no. Um, Juan Soto. Juan Soto is incorrect. Were you gonna say Trevor Story? Uh, no. Okay. Well, Juan Soto is incorrect. So Art wins that category. So you were gonna say Trey Turner. I was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Trey Turner was not there either, but Trevor what? Story was. I remember Trey Turner got hurt, so I was, I was like, dang. I okay, so David and Art both have one. Art, you are beginning this next category, and it is the eight players in the American League that had more RBIs than Mike Trout. Mike Trout finished with 104 RBIs. Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz at 108. Marty. Jose Abreu. 
Jose Abreu, red answer. 123. David. Um, J.D. Martinez. J.D. Martinez had 105. We're going back to Art. There's five players left on there. Um, okay. Uh, more than Trout, you said? Yes. Wait, then am I out? No, no, no. There's five. You guys are all still in. You said Matt, more than 100. Matt, Matt, oh, I'm Matt, sorry. More than, more than 104. Okay, more than 104. There you go. Trout. I'm going to say Matt Chapman. Matt Chapman is incorrect. Uh, all right. And we're going back to Marty. Raphael Devers. Raphael Devers had 115. We're going back to David. Um, I'll say, God, um, geez, I mean, I, I mean, there's like not anybody left. I'm going to give you 10 seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Mitch Carver. I know it's nope. <laughs> nope. Uh, it's interesting that you said the twins, but you didn't even say the boy, Eddie Rosario. Eddie Rosario oh. had 109. Surprised oh, none of you guys Max said Kepler. Bregman. Surprise. Oh. Bre- Kepler's not in there. Surprised you guys didn't say Bregman. Oh, man. Xander so we- Bogarts and, and Jorge Soler. All right. So we're. No Torres? Flavor Torres didn't make it? Flavor Torres was not in there. So mm. what I'm going to do is because I don't think it's fair since you guys all have one, Marty would have an advantage. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you, there's only one right answer for this. And I want you guys to buzz in with your name if you know. I'm going to give you a few hints. This is the one pitcher that had a lower ERA in the NL than Jacob deGrom last year. Jacob deGrom had a 2.43 ERA. This pitcher, Art. Art. I know it. Yunjin Ryu. That's it. No. What is the winner? Eric, you literally like took the win from me because I had that was when I had two and I would have won. You so, you've literally ripped it from me. Gave our life. I am so sorry, but we know now, just like Wade Davis, you can't close games. No, it's literally that's the bad Damn. manager. It's a bad <laughs> manager. That shouldn't have even let that situation occur. You shouldn't have even put Wade Davis in the game. I already, we already got the save. Art, congratulations. That was really good. I didn't have to give more clues than I thought. A good game, gentlemen. As always, David lost. That's an, a, that's an asterisk. That's an asterisk. <laughs> and it will go down as an asterisk in my eyes. Anyway, we're running long today. So I want to thank Marty. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Truly a pleasure to be able to talk with you and, and have you join us today. Yeah, guys, it's been a lot of fun. I appreciate your work. You know, I know you guys are putting in your grind and you're doing these a lot. You do football. You know, you guys are doing a lot of different things, you know, so appreciate it. Keep it going. Um, you can find me on Twitter, Marty underscore Tallman. I'll be doing mostly uh, fantasy baseball here and then a little bit of Detroit Tigers as well. So, yeah, appreciate it, guys. I love it, giving himself his own plug. I was about to get to his plug right after that. Well, but. Here's, here's the little uh, pull the curtain back on my life a little bit. So I work full-time in sales. 
So I'm in the I'm in the like I'm gonna say it before you don't give me a chance to say it. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey man, I'm in sales too, so I get it. I get yeah. it. The, the one thing you didn't say that I had is like make sure you check out his stuff on Motor City Bengals. Oh, that's fine. You can do it again. That's cool. All out. <laughs> no, no, no. That's all good. That's better this way. Awesome, Marty. Thanks again, man. Yeah, Talk I soon. appreciate it. See ya. I what like it, guys. two two buttons down on the shirt. Yeah, am I? Oh no, no, I'm one. Am I two? I'm two. Right. <laughs> I opened. Uh, I opened up for you guys. This is this is that type <laughs> of podcast. This is that type of podcast. This, wait, what did I just walk in? What did I just walk into?